0: y'all know exactly what the about to go down good morning good evening good afternoon beautiful people it is another camper chronicle productions ladies and gentlemen this is the bring the Wood podcast and i am your host d wood flying solo in the booth today but it was good to have big che on yesterday rocking he'll be back in rotation on them thursdays for sure uh so it's all good in the neighborhood uh but it's football friday ladies and gentlemen And a good Friday it is. Hope your Friday's been well. Got a little sun out, a little chilly. I'm going to go for a walk in a minute, stretch my legs, maybe hit up a grocery store and grab a few things on this Friday. You know, payday, you know how it works. (laughs) But I hope your Friday is going as well as mine. And hope your Friday, if it hasn't, gets better. And if it has, I hope it continues to stay good. But we are here to talk football because that's what we do on this podcast. We talk sports. But on Fridays, we talk football. Football Fridays. And that's all I got for y'all. It's football. Where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? We definitely did have a game um last night. Um, picked the Bears to win. Thought Justin Fields was gonna play, didn't figure out he wasn't, still felt like the Bears were gonna win. Um, yeah, that it was uh it was definitely a rough game to watch. i would say that. Uh both sides. Bryce Young still hasn't Gotten gotten it together again tonight. I mean, not tonight, but last night, no turnovers, no interceptions. You know what I'm saying? I like that. We'll take that. But no touchdowns as well. That also hurts. Sacked three times. Hit a few more times. And uh, he's not really adjusting to pressure well. But again, I'm here to defend him a little bit. He knows where to go with the ball. But those guys aren't open. So instead of just throwing it to the man and throwing picks, he's just like, I'm going to hold it. I'm going to try to roll out. I'm going to try to extend the play. Because, again, bro, when you're walking out here and Adam Thielen is your number one, DJ Chark is your number two, who's a journeyman at best at wide receiver. Adam Thielen is definitely on his last leg. It's no knock. But he's not pro bowl, scratching all pro Adam Thielen that he was four or five years ago. So, again, I do think it's just the lack of targets, lack of weapons, the lack of a run game. Y'all went and got Miles Sanders. And now y'all benched him for Chuba Hubbard. And while the guy y'all had in the office last season, Deontay Foreman on the other team, 21 carries, 80 yards in the touchdown. Over 90 yards total offense. He also uh, had a catch or two as well. So when you look at it like that, it's like, man, what are the Panthers doing? Um, I was one of the guys who thought he had a nice plethora of coaches there that actually helped him out. And McCown, um, Frank Wright, and... uh. Oh, There's one more coach there, too. I'm having a brain fart right now. But, again, uh, a nice coaching plethora of coaches that talk, work well with a quarterback. But I don't care how much coaching you do, dog, when there is no talent around. And an offensive line that we expected to be um, better this year is terrible. Um, the The rookie from last year, the first-round pick out of NC State, has took – Tremendous steps back. The whole offensive line itself. Tyler Moulton on the other side on the right tackle. He's getting some of that credit as well for being lack thereof, And it makes it hard on a quarterback that has no no talent around him. Again, I don't know if this is not a guy who's going to elevate the talent around him. Uh, We've seen him at Alabama when he didn't have no talent that last year. They didn't make the playoff. I mean, they didn't. You feel me? I'm going to say they didn't even make the playoff. Again, they made a regular bowl game because he still needs some talent. He is... Um, Not the most physically gifted person uh, quarterback. You know what I'm saying? He's not the most physically gifted quarterback at all. Um, And that's as far as arm strength, height, weight, the whole nine. But the things he do well is he damn near knows what you're in and where to go with the football. Um, He has very good anticipation, very accurate, uh, and, uh, and he's a tough guy. But again, you can't do those things without having some help around you offensive line to give you time, weapons that get open and can beat single coverage. So again, I'm not going to just bash Bryce Young, because especially with the way CJ Stroud is doing, I don't want to make it just seem like the Panthers got the wrong person. Uh, I do think CJ Stroud elevates the talent around him, as we can see what he's doing with those guys there, but I do think uh, the offense works for him. I'm not sure if this offense fits Bryce Young yet, again, but they need a running game to help him out, because again, at Alabama, one thing he did have something to lean on was a run game, and um, I'll get in Alabama later when we switch over to college and talk about their run game, um, but they've, he's always had a run game to go with him, so I definitely think that, again, he's going to need some help in the run game, whether that's finding a back in the draft, drafting someone, signing someone out the free agency, trading. This is all off-season talk because this season is over with, um, so, again, got to get some weapons for Bryce Young on offense in the pass game and the run game revamp this offensive line, whether that's a new offensive line coach, um, a new scheme that fits the offensive line better. Uh, It could be a myriad of things, but again, I'm not in the front office, so I can't give the exact details. I just thought a few things that I definitely think they need to address in the offseason. I think the defense is solid. The defense has been good the last two, three years, and uh, that's been the problem. The offense hasn't caught up with the defense yet. So again, Frank Wright will have his work cut out for him. I think he gets another season, maybe two, but if they are going to be, if they get a top and they don't even have their draft pick, uh, the Bears own their pick, which is the first pick in the draft right now, or second, depending on, uh, you know, what the Cardinals and Panthers do, how they finish the season out. So, you obviously, you don't even really want to, as the Panthers, lose a bunch of games because you don't even have your pick. So, again, F- Frank Wright has to hit in the offseason, and uh, this has to be a better team or this will be his, he'll be two and done because you don't want to waste Bryce's youngs. Prime, Not prime years, but his rookie years. And this one's already going down the drain. He looks terrible. The offense is terrible. The run game is terrible. Everything is terrible. So you know this is kind of a wash. But I definitely think they got something to build on with that quarterback. But uh, the coach the and staff has to uh, put it together. And the other coach I was talking about is Jim Caldwell. That's the other coach, longtime coach of the uh, Colts, Jim Caldwell and Lions. Uh, he's the other coach over there with McCown and Frank Wright. Which is a great staff, and I think they need to get it done. They got their work cut out for them in off season, um, so I do think uh, that they will handle business in off season and get, and get Bryce Young some weapons, and uh, definitely have him not falling into a sophomore slump that usually always happens. But hey, man, uh, this definitely was a sloppy game. But I will give some credit to the Bears. Uh, Tyson Bajan, again is just playing complimentary football. Don't go out here and turn the ball over a bunch of times. Don't go out here and fumble. No sacks. I mean, no sacks, no interceptions, no fumble balls. Uh, run the ball when needed. Hand the ball off to Deontay Foreman and Roshan Johnson. And throw the ball to DJ Moore. Uh, I said they were going to start the game off with a couple screens. I was talking to my homie DJ. And I was telling him, like, yeah, they'll probably get get Moore going early with a screen or two just to get his hands on the football because it's when elite receivers have to play with backups, I don't understand what it is about a backup not being able to get them the ball. But, I mean, that's what makes them a backup. So, I guess that that kind of sums it up right there. Um, but, again, he plays solid. Not great. Not even good. Just solid. Solid enough to get a win. And that works. Uh, he was 20 for 33, only 162 yards. But, again, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he didn't throw an interception. He wasn't sacked. No, no forced fumbles. Uh, he was knocked down only like one or two times. So, shout out to... The Bears offensive line for looking good. Uh, Montez Sweat showed up a little bit in the game as well. Made some impact for the Bears. Um, again, I told you, I think that's a guy that they were keen on getting in the offseason, but realized, like, man, we don't have a chance to sign this guy if we don't go trade for him and then just offer him that bread. At the end of the day, certain players will play wherever they felt wanted. And for them to go out and trade for you, that shows that they wanted you and they knew that they weren't going to be able to get you. So as a player, as a human, you like, damn, y'all knew if I would have hit the market. I wasn't going to come to y'all. You know what? The fact that y'all go out and trade for me and still offer me top-tier pass rush money, let's do this. I'm I'm, a lock, I'm locked in. And they probably just would have franchise tagged them this following season anyway. So, again, you might as well and see what they got. Again, they spent a lot of money last offseason bringing in a bunch of guys. You see it working sometimes. Um, defense has this moment, so I think another year in it and another offseason of just adding more talent and depth to the team. I'm going to get them where they want to go. Again, it was a boring game, but was a game on Thursday. Um, Bears got the win. Shout out to the Bears again. Bryce Young, keep your head high, young champ. Uh, I think your best football is still ahead of you. Team just got to work out the kinks uh, with the squad. Uh, I definitely, before I get into, because you know I got to go over all all the three Raiders, Niners, and Titans games this weekend, because we all got some pretty solid games coming up. We play some pretty solid teams. Um, all losable games on our end, so I will get into that. But I do want to talk about the Bills quickly. They had a, a players-only meeting. And, um, you know, ain't no telling what that was about, but players-only meeting. And, uh, you know, about their record being 5-4 and, and, you know, being a borderline playoff team right now with much higher expectations. Obviously, they didn't say what they talked about. Players-only. I'm not a player. I'm just, I'm just a media member, I guess, slash analyst. So I wasn't there. But I definitely think it talks about what can we do to get better. Is this a coaching thing, or is this a us thing? And that's to me what I've always thought. When players have player only meetings, I've always felt like that was for okay. Let's address the team and let us know what we all feel, and then let's see. Hey, or is this a can this be fixed with coaching, or can we fix these problems? And I think you have an open discussion, and you really figure out like okay, hey, can we do this, or is it bad? And um, I think it's uh, I think it's a. It's a good thing and a bad thing. At least it's midway through the season, and it ain't the first couple games in. Uh, so, again, uh, I, I like the Bills. But, again, they only going to go as far as Josh Allen takes them. And, again, he's not going to – he can't – he man, he can be as super as he want, but some teams game plan for that, and it's, it's hard to – you know what I'm saying? Get that get that dub. And I definitely think that's why they went out of Lillard for a net. They want somebody with some playoff experience, with some championship experience, who understands what playoff football is like. And what if what it's like to win big games? So I think he'll definitely help out, and he'll be a, a blanket and again great pass protector as well. Gives Josh Allen the extra outlet, an extra second. He's good at blitz pickup. Things you learn playing with Brady. So uh, I think it's a good pick for him. But again, players only meetings. We'll see if it change if it fixes uh, their problem. But uh, we won't know. But again, Sunday, Niners traveling to Jacksonville to take on Duval. The Jacksonville Jaguars. And this game is a big game. The last two games for the Niners have technically been big games because the first loss is whatever, you have it. The second loss, that one was kind of, you feel me? And then this game, your last loss you just took to the Bengals, that was a big game for both teams, Bengals and Niners. This is another one of those big games for both teams. Um, And as far as the Niners, is again, getting off the slump, dog. Getting off the mat. Because um, I do think if they lose this game, I ain't going to say they going to have they not going to make the playoffs, but they not going to like where they at. Again, they just want to you know at the end of the day NFL players just want to make the dance and after that it's it's anything goes. But again, when you started off 5 and 0 and expected to be the number 1 seed and now we look up and you're 5 and 3, um it's it's definitely tough. But again, Jacksonville comes in and uh, Defensively, they're not that great, but they can score points. They're 10th in the league in scoring. Niners are at four. Um, defense uh, doesn't allow a lot of points. They allow a lot of yards, though. Um, so they're 23rd in the NFL in yards allowed. 200, 342 yards allowed. That's the Jacksonville Jaguars. But they're 8th in the NFL in points allowed. And only giving up 19.5 is what I would like to call a true bend, but don't break defense. Yeah, you we, we might matriculate the ball up and down the field. But once we get inside that 30 and that 20, and now everything is a little bit more condensed. You can't throw a bunch of little quick underneath stuff and get here. Now you got to make some plays. Um, they step up really well. And that's why they're sixth in turnover differential, which is higher than the Niners who are at eighth. Uh, but again, the Niners are fourth in points per uh, points allowed, fourth in total yards, eighth in passing, fifth in rushing, um, and tenth in yards allowed. So I do think the Niners have, have a chance to go out and get a win. Uh, I think it's going to be tough, though. But again, this is a big game for the Niners. Gotta get off the mat, man. This is this would be tough, especially losing to this team. Because the jury's still out on the Jaguars. We're not all convinced that the Jaguars are those guys. But this is one of those games that if they can win and win it convincingly, you now they're seven and three. And now we sitting here like, whoa, okay. They they got some. I mean, seven and two, my apologies. Sitting there at seven and two. And now they're uh, you know, uh, right there at the top for the AF for the whole AFC for the first round bye. So I definitely think this is something to watch for. You still got the Ravens who are already seven and two as well. You feel me? So this would be a battle for first place, um, and I, I think it could be a fun one. Uh, you got you got some good teams again, but I like I like what the what the Jags got. But again, we will see if they what they can do against this defense that will control the line of scrimmage. Um Trevor Lawrence gets sacked. He still will turn the ball over from here and there with a little bit of pressure. But um these boys come to play. Calvin really is looking just as just as good as he was pre-suspension. And uh he's been Trevor Lawrence's best friend. Travis Etienne is looking like a first round running back. And uh this should be a good game. This this shall be a very, very good, good game, and I'm definitely interested to see how both teams come out and establish themselves um in a big game on Sunday morning. Next, I got to go to my Titans, man. And, again, we on the road, which we 0-4 on the road this year. I will say that. 0-4 on the road. Um, We're going up against Bucks, who are on a four-game losing streak right now. Four-game losing streak, and they only 1-3 at the house. So, again, styles make fights. A team that's not good at home versus a team that's not good on the road. We're going to see how this works. Um, Again, what do we got? We 11th in points allowed. Defense is playing solid. But, again, we holding people to 20 points. But we can't score 20 points. So, <laughs> we average 18 and a half points a game, and we holding people to 20. So, you, you, you see the you see the the problem there. You see the problem there. Um, But, again, 12th in the league in rushing 114 yards a game. Everywhere else, we're bottom. Bottom. Bottom 20 in every other category outside of points allowed and rushing yards, which just goes to my point to show you all. 20 carries for Derrick Henry. We'll have a chance to win this game. But again, the Buccaneers are a tough team. Um, very physical up front. Third in the NFL in turnover differential. Yeah, we've seen what just happened to them last week. CJ Stroud lit them up and things like that. Um, we will have those opportunities. But again, we run the ball. So if we're able to run and get to create a line of scrimmage, push, push the line of scrimmage, we'll have a chance to control the game and be able to take some shots and get some big throws and get some of those deep shots we had to D-Hop uh, two weeks ago. Some of those deep shots to uh, Westbrook Akina and Traylon Burks, if he ever, you feel me, gets stays on the field long enough too. Um, I'm hoping he plays this week, um, and I'm hoping he can, he can be healthy and uh help out because we definitely need a number two, and it's definitely not Westbrook Akina. Um But again, our secondary could potentially be without Roger McCrary. Again, our stellar slot corner. Uh, hopefully Sean Murphy bunting plays against his old team. But if not, we're going to have our hands full with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. Uh, it could be a long day for us if we don't handle it, handle our issue on the back end. Because Baker's not afraid to put that ball up and get those guys a chance to make plays in one on one coverage. So I definitely think we got to bring our A game this week uh, if we want to go out and get a win against the Buccaneers, man, which we should get back. We'll leverage be two and one as a starter and we'll just start a good finish to this season, man, and build on it for next year. Cause again, it's gonna be tough to make the playoffs, man. It's gonna be real, real tough to make the playoffs where we are right now, just with our record. With the way the division's sitting, with the way the whole AFC is sitting. The whole freaking AFC North is over five hundred by two games. So you know it's just it's just gonna be tough. Um you know what I'm saying? So uh I'm a realist. But, again, if we reel off four or five games in a row, you know we'll revisit that in four or five weeks from now. But right now, as it's currently constructed, like I said, like I've been saying for the last few weeks, we're going to end up winning six, seven games, which will kind of get us out of the reach of a top ten pick where we can get an impact player instead of a middle-of-the-road player. But we'll see as the season progresses um, and how Will Levis develops. And offensive line is a, a big key to that. Can we, can, can we consistently keep our starters out there on the offensive line uh, for the next several weeks? We'll find out uh, soon, Sunday, 10 a.m. And then the Sunday night game, man. The Jets traveled to Vegas to take on the Raiders. Again, I already picked the Raiders. um, And it's literally just because I feel like if Aiden O'Connell doesn't give the ball away, Zach Wilson will give the ball away. And once he gives the ball away, now you guys need to get you a field goal here. Maybe get you a, uh, like I said, you give it to the wrong person. It's six points in the other direction. Um, But I definitely think the Raiders' defense has to help them out because, again, the Jets' defense is no slouch. So they're going to do their thing. So what what the Raiders' defense has to do is get some takeaways and play field position and get the team a short field position to work with, whether it's playing good punts from the Raiders and keeping them pinned back, getting three and outs, having them punt from deep inside enemy territory, which which is help, or getting some takeaways and, and returning them and getting some yards. But uh, I definitely think the Raiders got a chance because Zach Wilson hasn't showed me anything to say he's going to protect the football. Uh, so he's whether it's a pick, fumble, he's gonna get that thing up. You know, it, it's just usually how it goes. But um, I definitely think this is uh, a game that the Raiders can win, even though no interim coach has ever won back-to-back games ever. You know, I'm always coming with those little fun facts for y'all. But uh, I think this could be a day for change, man. And Again, it, it's all predicated on Zach Wilson. Um, the, whatever quarterback has the least amount of turnovers will win this football game uh, on on Sunday evening. And again, a bunch of good games over the weekend. I told y'all, uh, you got Texans, Bengals, which could be a sneaky good one. I am definitely think it's going to be sneaky good. Commanders, Seahawks, maybe even a little Lions, Chargers. And then obviously the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cleveland Browns will be a doozy uh, if you didn't know. So make sure you tune in. For sure, for sure, tune in. It's going to be some good games on Sunday. And we'll be right back here on Thursday to talk about it. And we are on to the next, man. In and out like a robbery, y'all. This is going to be a smooth day, swift day. Now, we switch to NCAA, college football, football Friday. My my favorite part, I get excited when I get to talk college football with y'all because, like I said, I know the NFL, I, I like the league, but... College is my is my baby, man. I love me some college football and uh, everything it brings to the sport of football and, and the camaraderie, the brotherhood, just the whole nine. Um, it's a beautiful thing. Um, what I will start out with, got to start with Michigan, man. They got a big game this week. Um, as well, well, I'll get into that as the week start. They take on Penn State this week, um, which will be a big game is uh, for them as well with everything going on. But obviously, I told y'all that. They fired the analyst or he stepped down, fired, stepped down, whatever, because he said there was a lot going on. So he didn't want to. Um, but but Michigan has now coming out with their own allegations as well. The Wolverines have documents that allegedly show Purdue, Ohio State, Ruggers sharing the University of Michigan sign signals. Yeah, sign signals. Yeah. Signal signs, sign signals. It sounds weird when I say it. But hand signals, play calls. Michigan says they have proof that these teams have done it as well. And, and on top of that, they sent a 10-page ten, lead, 10 page letter objecting that, uh, objecting to any discipline for hardball. They're saying hardball had nothing to do with this. He didn't know. He just hired that dude. Blase, blase. He, we shouldn't get in trouble. And I hear you, but I don't hear you. I hear you saying he shouldn't be. Maybe he shouldn't be suspended. But he got to pay a fine. He got to do some push-ups, laps. He, Because this still happened on your watch. This still happening on your watch. You're the head coach. You run this program. You hired this man. That means you didn't do a thorough enough background check on this dude to know that this is how he go out and get his analytics. He go to the source. <laughs> he goes over and beyond his job. So I, I believe he should get in some trouble for that as well. Um I don't really know exactly how it's gonna all shake out, but they're definitely lying enough to say that they are gonna discipline him. They don't know if it's gonna be of a suspension or a fine. Cause they still gotta let this thing play out. You still gotta let all the, the, the witnesses come out in the test, gotta let the Michigan defend themselves, and we'll see how it all turns out. Um when is when is when in due process, I guess that's what I should use. In due process. Um in other news, student athletes who gamble on other sports at their school will lose a year of eligibility and receive a one-year suspension. I guess they kind of coincide together. You're going to lose your eligibility by missing a year. So maybe they just want to say it. Or maybe you lose a year of eligibility and get suspended a year. That's two years gone. So be careful. Uh, Again, I don't even think if you in college, you should be focused on gambling on games. You got games to win. But again, it is what it is. But it's just, hey, Focus up, especially what they're trying to tell y'all youngsters. Focus up. And I, I don't disagree. And uh, speaking of youngsters, uh, the college football all-star game is now open to juniors because, you know, a lot of these juniors be leaving out as juniors because they be first-round draft picks. So they don't get a chance to play in the college football all-star game. Or, and it's not even all-star game. It's like games. It's not, you feel me? It's, it's not like yeah, the East and West round game, things like that. But uh like the collegiate games, I think maybe senior bowl is the only one they won't be able to, obviously, hence the name Senior Bowl. But like, you know what I'm saying? The uh uh East West Shrine game, the collegiate bowl, now juniors can partake in that as well because you would be having some juniors who go to small schools who come out early because opportunity. So it makes sense. Um it's it's luckily help out everybody. Cause again, a lot of juniors come out and go to the NFL, and they don't get the chance to play in these games because they're juniors. This gives me a a chance to, uh, you know, uh, upgrade my draft status, boost my draft stock, or decline it, just depending on the play. But I do like that. Um, so shout out to college football for letting the youngsters and the underclassmen get involved in these games to help increase their draft stock, just like everybody else. Cause y'all ain't got no junior bowls or no you know collegiate junior games so you know you got to let those guys get some repetitions as well man to be over there and compress these scouts too so I, I do like that as well i do like that and again um man i talked about last week colorado getting they chain and everything and they jewelry stole um from the ucla locker room and coach probably spoke on it a little bit more and, uh, you know, he, he said they should be, uh, you know, they need to, they need to be reimbursed, which they 100% should. Because, again, man, that's a state-of-the-art building, bro. That's where the Rose Bowl is played. Ain't no way y'all just letting dudes run up and through there like that. So that's an inside job, and somebody going to get their ass fired for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure fired. Um, but, again, get into some of these last week's games before I get into the games of this week. Obviously, uh, my Seminoles played Pitt. And the game was game didn't end close twenty-four to seven, but the game was close for too long for my comfort. But again, no Johnny Wilson, no Keon Coleman. We're literally missing our two best offensive players. So we were out there definitely short, short staffed, <laughs> but we still got the win. So shout out uh to the Seminoles for getting that done. Um also, speaking of UCLA, Karma. Y'all out there stealing and stealing go to Arizona and get upset at it. And I told y'all, I said it. If you go back and listen to that last, last Friday's episode, go, go tune in. Listen to what I told y'all. I, told, I broke down all the Arizona players, all the little young, talented guys they got and why this could be an upset. And they went out there and got it done, 27-10, upset number 19, UCLA, which, I, which was expected. Um, we also had the big game, Alabama versus LSU. I definitely expected this game to be much closer, but uh, Alabama defense stepped up late and help that that spread come alive. Um, But I want to get into, and again, the Alabama running game. Um, You got four players all averaging over four yards a carry. And the quarterback averaged 7.8, 20 carries, 155 yards, four touchdowns. And I made a tweet during the Alabama game, and I put Dylan Monroe equals Jared McKinnon. So for people who know, Jerry McKinnon is a running back on the Kansas City Chiefs. He was also a running back on the Minnesota Vikings. But before he became a full-time running back in the NFL, he was a college quarterback. And he used to play quarterback for the University of Southern Alabama. And they used to run like the Georgia Tech offense. And he was the quarterback there. And he would throw the ball. They would throw the ball a lot more than the normal teams that run these power offenses. So he did throw the ball 17, 18 times a game. But when he ran the ball, you knew, oh, this kid's an athlete. And again, this is me watching Jalen Monroe a little bit last year in the games he played in his spot duty when Bryson was out and watching him a full season this year. Again, we're in a new age of the NFL, so I will say they're going to give him the opportunity to play quarterback, just like they're doing um, Malik Cunningham for the Patriots, he going to continue to get reps at quarterback if he can develop. If not, they're going to move him to wide receiver or a slot or H-back or some gadget player like Taysom Hill. Um, and I think the same can be said for Jalen Monroe, except for he's going to be a running back, full-time running back. You see him. He's built like a running back. Uh, throws the ball like a running back, again. But, again, we're in a new age NFL. You find a system that fits him. This kid can play quarterback in the NFL. But right now, to me, he's going to be a running back. Again, It's there's not nothing wrong with that. Ain't nothing wrong with it. Find you a place in the NFL, get you a job, make you some money. Again, he will get a chance to play quarterback. But 20 carries, 155 yards, dog. That's running back all day. (laughs) But again, man, uh, it was a good win for Bama. Defense showed up. Uh, And again, the quarterback on the other side, Jaden Daniels. I've been a fan of this kid since he was at Arizona State. Played well, not great. 15 for 24, 219 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, sack one time. But also, 11 carries, 163 yards and a touchdown. I know people are like, why you don't think he's a running back? Why you don't think he going to be a running back? Listen, I'm not even an LSU fan like that. But this kid throws the football, like, very, very well at a high clip. And at Arizona State, he didn't even run like this. He threw the ball around the yard. Um, and I think he has some, again some Deshaun watson s things he does with the football when he's running and throwing. Again, that don't mean he's going to be a first-round draft pick. But um, if he would have beat Alabama and ran the table, man, maybe. You never know. But I do think this kid has some skill and some things that you can definitely work with. Um, But again, big win for Alabama at home to bounce back after the loss last year at LSU. Big upset. Series tied at 1-1. Coach Kelly, you're 1-1 against Saban. That's your tenure at LSU. This shall be a fun one. Uh, I think Coach Kelly is up for the challenge, so good luck to y'all, man. It's going to be a nice little battle to watch coming down the line. Uh, what's the next games we got? Next game, got to talk about UNC, man. Oregon State uh, traveling to Colorado to take on the Rocky, the Buffaloes. Uh, it was a tough game, 26-19. Definitely was a win a bowl game um, for Colorado. But, man, you know, again, Coach Prime said it three weeks ago. We softened the trenches. O-line, D-line, terrible. O-line, D-line, terrible. And uh, he knows it and there's nothing they can do about it right now, but go out there and play the games they play. Um, and they even asked him, like, do you want to get door out of here and let him go to the draft this year, um, you know, to get him out of this? And he was like, "Nah, my sons are going to the draft together. They'll be entering the 2025 draft together. Um, and you can't knock that. I- I'm going to always respect that. Uh, but again, man. Uh, Shador uh, goes out there and gives it his all, man. 24 for 39, 245 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked four times. Again, knocked down nine times, hit 13 times. Like, it was, it's crazy, man, the way he gets knocked around, but is still able to deliver great passes. And again, this is why this kid will be a first round draft pick in not this upcoming draft, but the following draft. This kid will be a first round draft pick, and uh, somebody's gonna pay this kid to be their franchise quarterback, and he has. All the skills to do it, and for everybody who thought he wasn't going to be able to transition because he was at Jackson State, failed to realize that he was a what three star recruit coming out of high school, three star, four star recruit coming out of high school with offers to Florida State, FAU, UCF, all of the schools in Florida, but basically wanted him, and a few of the Houston wanted him, a few of the lower level schools in Texas, University of Texas, San Antonio. So the kid's a D one quarterback, and um, and he showed it. So I definitely think he's proven his worth. But, again, um, that pops already came out said neither one of them boys are coming out till next season. Um, but, again, uh, Colorado got another stiff test. I told y'all six to nine wins, and it's getting scarce because the competition doesn't get any easier. Um, uh, all winnable games, but, again, they got to do a lot to get to, get to where they want to get to. Um, I'm still holding out hope for them boys, um, but uh, a, a big game they got coming up this week as well. And then another another doozy I want to talk to y'all about, USC versus Washington. I told y'all, I lit- I literally said, this could be a doozy because Washington defense, uh, they played inspired, they play inspired football, but nothing was inspiring them because they couldn't do nothing to Caleb Williams at all. And that's why this kid would be the first pick in the draft, uh, no matter what. Uh, him and michael pennix played head-to-head Caleb williams showed up again my one knock on Caleb williams not the interceptions because he only on maybe like three this year maybe four and he threw three of them in one game so it's not that it's ball security he has the most fumbles since he's been a quarterback in college over the last two years three years he has the most fumbles and most fumbles losses i don't know if that's a hand thing he is a smaller quarterback We'll see, you know, when they start measuring hands. Maybe he got the sweaty palms as a guy who suffers from sweaty palms. Maybe he got the sweaty palms where that ball always a little loose. But um, I definitely think that's my only cause of concern for him. He elevates the players around him. He throws these guys open because I'm telling you, none of these receivers that play with him now are going in the first round of the draft. He elevates the talent around him. He makes people better. He throws people open. If y'all see some of the back shoulder throws he throws, Oh, it's amazing. Um, Again, he put on a show. uh, But again, their defense is terrible. That's why they fired their defensive coordinator, which they needed to. uh, Took them long enough. Hopefully that shakes up something. But again, going up there against my boy Michael Penix Jr., who didn't play great, but didn't have to because they had a running back by the name of Dylan Johnson, who went insane. Michael Penix was 22 of 30, 256 yards, two touchdowns, one interception, and was sacked one time. Very efficient game, very good with the ball, made some big-time throws on third and fourth down. But Dylan Johnson was the man of the hour. 26 carries, 256 yards, four touchdowns, with his longest run of 53 yards, averaging 9.8 yards a carry. And literally, every one of his carries was like four yards or better. He might have had two carries that might have went for something less than four yards, three to four yards. This guy told the to rock. Um, and controlled the line of scrimmage and uh, kept, the, kept the chains at a short yards. They had a lot of third and shorts, a lot of second and mediums um, because this guy was establishing the, the, the run game early. Uh, but again, 42 points given that Washington. This is why y'all still sit right outside the playoff at five because they look like the one team out of the undefeated teams that's left that doesn't really play any defense and keep getting close to losing. So uh, it, it's one of those things. And like I said, it's like, Washington defense plays only if they need to. If their offense is getting shut down and they can't get points, then they'll hold another team down from points too. But if their offense is scoring and flowing, it's like they're lazy and they just don't mind him going back out there to throw more touchdowns. So I do think that's the hiccup that could hold them from making the playoff. Um, but again, we, we shall see. We shall see. But this was definitely a good game. Again, Michael Pendix and Kayla Williams put on a show. Uh, For us on Saturday If you missed it, you missed a doozy Make sure you tune in to the games I'm going to get ready to drop But I got a few more games that I didn't focus in on That was some upsets though I said Oklahoma State could upset Oklahoma Boop, bada, bam, bada, boom Oklahoma State goes out and gets it done Uh, Georgia-Missouri game ended up being a 12-point loss 11-point loss But Missouri played those guys close They were uh, very, very physical with them And uh, um, they showed a few chinks in Georgia's armor but, again, you still got to go out there and get the game done. Um, Texas uh, whew, Texas, and Kansas State had an overtime game, 33-30. That was a hell of a game. Literally uh, had to get a stop in overtime and kick the field goal. Great win. Uh, Quinn Ewers is projected to be back this week, so no more Malik Murphy who played solid in his time. Um, unexpected time at quarterback, but held it down and kept the guys, uh, you know, kept the guys squared away. Um, And then Texas A&M versus Ole Miss. That was a good one. Uh, Ole Miss ended up winning 38-35. Big-time win at home versus Texas A&M team that I said Jimbo Fisher gets his guys up for all the big games. But when they play against regular teams, they take the L. But he gets his guys up against ranked teams and powerhouses. And uh, he almost got a win on the road again uh, on Saturday. And then the last one that I called for sure was an upset. Clemson over Notre Dame. And I hate it. Because I'm rooting for Marcus Freeman, the Notre Dame coach. But you can't keep losing games that you should win, man. And he didn't lost a few games that he should have won. And I ain't going to lie. Depending on how this season ends, this guy, this could be his last year at Notre Dame, which will suck, man. Because, you know, I'm always rooting for a brother of color. Uh, Especially when you go to a school like Notre Dame, man. That's one of those places. You definitely don't want to blow your opportunity. And uh, I ain't going to say he's blowing his opportunity. But he is definitely putting air in the opportunity. (laughs) So, uh, yeah, no, I definitely, I definitely think that that was a tough loss for them over the weekend, especially with no Will Shipley playing there. They let Poirier Mafe rush for over 136 yards. It was tough, man. It was, it was definitely a tough game for Notre Dame. Sam Hartman kind of reverted back to some of those days at Wake Forest where he had those off days. And, man, that'll, that'll, that'll do it right there just like that. Um, but as far as this week, make sure you're listening. Because we got some doozies. Well, actually, yesterday we had a doozy. Remember, I told you I wanted to check in on Louisville because they 9-1. They ended up winning last night in a very close game against Virginia. Um, Remember, I was like, I want to figure out who their quarterback is. Quarterback is a guy named Jack Plummer. No, not related to Jake Plummer. No relations at all to the Plummer family that he knows of in his lineage. I went to go check. So just two guys whose names just kind of match first and last name. Um, but again, Jack Plummer is the quarterback. Um, But they actually run the ball well. They had two running backs go over 90 yards, two of them, yeah, go over 90 yards um, in the game last night uh, against Virginia. And then another sad note, a Virginia running back was taken to the hospital. Pierre Jones left the field on a stretcher after a hard, hard collision um, on the sideline in the game. Um, But, uh, uh, again, prayers up to Mr. Jones and his family. Speedy recovery, man. Because man, it's tough. It's definitely tough, especially what they already enduring with the shooting last year, um, of the players and everything. So I just definitely hope it's bounced back for them and they can get it done. But yeah, Jack Plummer is the quarterback. Um not a world beater at all, but hey, nine and one right now. I I can't knock them. Uh they did their thing. Again, they ranked number nine coming into this week now. So shall be fun. Shall be shall be fun to see how they how they finish out the year. Um But at 1230, 12.30 tomorrow. Yes, sir. Tomorrow is Saturday. Tune in to ABC to tune into the rivalry of all rivals: Florida State, Miami. Man, Coach Gonzalez. That's one of my players' dad, Coach Gonzalez. Hey, it's going down. I should have had you on this episode. I didn't realize who was playing, or definitely would have had you on here. You might have to come on next week, and we'll just go over this game on Friday together, and just talk about how we handle our business versus y'all. Uh and kick the U's ass. Again, I ain't gonna do too much trash talking because I'ma just say our things. We ninth in points per game, we fifteenth in points allowed, seventeenth in total yards, uh 19th in passing yards, I mean yeah, nineteenth in passing yards in the country, thirty-sixth in yards allowed, sixteenth in point differential. And none of that shit matters in this game. None of our stats matter. In this game because Miami will come out and play inspired football for four quarters, bro. This is a rivalry like none other. If you know, you know. If you don't, tune in and see. It's gonna be some hard hitting. It's gonna be some chirping. I'm pretty sure they're gonna get into it before the game because somebody gonna want to go step on. They are gonna want to come step on our on our on our center field and try to stump all on our on our Seminole. And, and then there it goes, and that's gonna start. That's gonna start the drama. That's gonna start the bubbling and the brewing, and we are gonna have us well, a dogfight on our hands. And I'm expecting a very good, good game, but I'm definitely expecting my Seminoles to come away with a dub. Let's go FSU all the way. Uh, another good one, like I talked about, hardballing them. Hey, in the face of in the face of in house turmoil and drama, and uh, a lot of accusations. Still got to go out here and play football. Y'all undefeated. Y'all the number three ranked school in the country right now in the playoffs. So you got to stay focused. And uh, they got to they travel to Happy Valley, man. Take on the number 10 ranked Penn State Nittany Lions. I think this is going to be a good game as well. Because, again, Penn State. Y'all seen the Ohio State-Penn State game. It was a doozy. Tight battle. Ohio State won. Because, like I said, they got Marvin Harrison Jr. And, and nobody else does. And he was the one dude who scored in that game. Michigan don't got a Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, They do have some great running backs, though. I I won't knock them on that. But so does Penn State as well. Uh, So this could be a good game. They fifth and sixth respectively in points per game in the country. Both of them scoring 40 a game. Um, First and third in points allowed. Michigan is only giving up six points a game, ladies and gentlemen. Six points. That's first in the country, followed by a number three-ranked Penn State only giving up 11, 11, 11-9, so 12 points. Um, These are two, and again, respectively, one and two in total yards given up. Michigan, first in the country, only giving up 230 total yards a game, and Penn State right behind them at 234 a second. But that turnover differential, plus 16 for Penn State, the first in the country by a lot, and fifth in the country at nine is Michigan. This is going to be a great game. And, again, these are two teams that are are more run-based-oriented teams. So it's the team that establishes the line of scrimmage. It's the team that offensive and defensive line controls the line of scrimmage and gives these running backs time to make plays. Um, Blake Corbin, the Michigan running back, along with uh, Johnson, the Michigan running back, the backup, and Katron Allen and Nigel Singleton uh, for Penn State. So I think this is going to be a very, very good game. This is 9 a.m. on Fox, so you can watch this before the Florida State U game. So that way you can just you hear me tune in to that one, watch that, then tune in and watch us. Um, but I think that's gonna be uh, a hell of a game. Um also Kansas, sixteen ranked now at home taking on Texas Tech. Uh teams like Kansas, these type of games, they'll lose. But again, they should handle business. They're three a three point favorite, three and a half point favorite, but uh I like Kansas to win the game, but Texas could keep it interesting as well. I mean Texas Tech could keep it interesting as well. Um Another game, like I told y'all, Um, back at it, at home, 4-5, and five, taking on, officially ranked now, after being unranked last week, but a big time win over UCLA, who was ranked 18, will get you ranked. Arizona is now ranked, at a, with a 6-3 and three record, officially Bo eligible, 21, traveling on the road, 11 a.m. tomorrow, Pac-12 Network, if you got it, tune in. Taking on Colorado, Colorado at the house, um. This should be a good one. This is a winnable game for Unk and them. This could be a shootout. Uh, Arizona will try to get a little physical on defense. Um, but again, this should be a shootout. And I think uh, I think Colorado got a chance. I still think Arizona gets this done. This is one of those hard this is one of those tough ones. But again, y'all know I'm rooting for Unk. Like nobody's business. We definitely gotta get this one. Cause this will help us get Bo eligible. Because this will probably be somewhat of the easiest game. Um uh, One of their easier games, and again, just not easy, because the Pac-12 has actually been a really, really good conference this year. But again, Arizona, Colorado at 11 on the Pac-12 Network. Tune into that. Uh, Oklahoma State, 7-2. They rank 15 now uh, after a big upset win over Oklahoma. Traveled to Central Florida to take on UCF. Don't forget, UCF played Oklahoma two weeks ago and almost upset them. Lost by a field goal. Don't think UCF didn't just see that. And they're gonna to try to come out and play these boys from Oklahoma State. Very, very tough. Uh, I think this will be a, a fun game to watch. Uh particularly maybe early. If they can if, if UCF can stay in the game, confidence is everything when you're in college football. So if they can keep some confidence and put some jobs together, keep the game close, I like that game. But if Okla of Okla uh Oklahoma State comes in early, establishes dominance, they can put this game away uh rather quickly. Um another good one. 1230 on CBS. University of Tennessee, you know, I like them balls, 17 and I'm uh, not 17. Seven and two, ranked 13. traveled to Missouri to take on the University of Missouri after a tough loss to Georgia last week, who also seven and two. Number 13 versus number 14. This is a pick'. I'm going to take Missouri because they're at home. That's literally would be my only reason to pick it. But Tennessee has all of the requisite parts to go out and get a win on the road versus a very, very good Missouri team. But I'm only taking Missouri at the house just because they're at the house. If Tennessee was at home, I would do the same thing. But either team is capable of winning on the road um, and somebody else's home because they, they, they have the requisite parts. So again, 1230 on the CBS tomorrow. Tennessee, Missouri. Check that one out. Another game tomorrow, 1230. Y'all just gonna be flipping, flipping through when they hit commercials. You keep flipping through and rotating them all. And then whenever one you feel like fits you, Stay on that. But 1230 tomorrow on Fox as well. Number 18, Utah versus number five ranked, undefeated, Washington in Washington. Listen, y'all. I told y'all, it's only a handful of teams that are physical in the Pac-12. Utah is one. Oregon is the other one. Oregon State is a little bit. And then Arizona is a little bit. Outside of that, not no physical teams. So, again, Washington, not physical. But their defense usually shows up if their offense can't. Utah is, again, very physical. I want to see how the Washington offensive line takes on this Utah defensive line. Utah defensive line is very physical, a lot of pass rushers, uh, and they get after it. I want to see how they handle this. I want to see what, how Michael Penix does against a physical defense that's going to blitz you and force you to make some quick throws, quick decisions. Can he throw the intermediate to short routes again? That's my. That would be my. I don't want to use the word knock, but that would be my question mark about Michael Penix as my guy. I love is how is he on short to intermediate routes? Quick throws, getting the ball out of your hands quickly when the defense is forcing you to. I think this will be a good one tomorrow, twelve thirty again. Utah versus Washington, number eighteen versus number five. Fox twelve thirty. Get your son. Um, and then another doozy. It's it's actually going to be a solid week of football. Uh, you also got. Number nine ranked, Ole Miss, 8-1, traveling to Athens to take on the Georgia Bulldogs, who are undefeated. I'm not going to front. I don't think this is going to be close. I like Lane Kiffin, but to me, he only be trying to play Saban hard. Everybody else, he just try to do his thing, and and whatever happens. Again, they're 8-1. They're they're a very, very good team right now. But they got Georgia Fair by 10. I do think they can win by 12 to 13 points as well um i like jackson dart um uh, uh uh jugkin is probably the best running back in the sec that's the running back for o miss a uh, really really good running back but i'm not a big fan of jackson dart the quarterback transferred from georgia transferred from usc transferred from somewhere else to west virginia and above a bunch of other places to get here um but i definitely think um yeah, I think this. I think the game will be physical because Ole Miss is a physical team. It's SEC football, so it will be physical. But I think Georgia will pull away from this game um, a little bit, or maybe towards the end of the end of the third, start of the fourth quarter, they'll get that little twelve to thirteen point lead, and then it'll be just a chase. And once you chase in Georgia, that's when they can pin their ears back and send the dogs after you. No pun intended. But Mississippi and jo- Ole Miss and Georgia tomorrow four p.m. on ESPN. Check that one out as well. Um, another good one, Florida. Unranked Florida, five and four. Uh travel to Baton Rouge to take on number nineteen ranked LSU. I think this will be a good game. Florida Florida plays all ranked teams well. Well coached. They get up for these type of games. So um four thirty on the SC network, that should be a good one. And then also unranked West Virginia, who is six and three, travel to Oklahoma to take on the Oklahoma Sooners, seventeen ranked now at seventy two on four PM on Fox. That shall be a good game as well. Make sure y'all tune into that one. Um, and then, again, Quentin Ewers come back. TCU, not a good team, but Quentin Ewers come back. Kind of want to see how he looks. I'll tune in for a little bit, 430 on ABC, just to see how the body looks, how the shoulder rocking. Is he healthy? Um, saying, can he, can he finish out? That, that'll be that'll be the only thing I need to see. Um, and then we also got Duke versus North Carolina. This was supposed to be a good, better game. But Duke is falling off, and so has North Carolina. North Carolina ranked 24 in the country at 72. Duke unranked at 6-3, 5 o'clock on the ACC network. This should still be a good game, though. Um, but the game that I would say everybody should tune into is the seven-thirty game on Fox. USC, 7-3, they're officially unranked now, traveling to Oregon to take on the 8-1 Oregon Ducks, 6-ranked Ducks. Look, this, this will be the test for Caleb Williams. This will be one of the better defenses he plays. This is probably the best defense in the uh, Pac-12, Pac-10. The best defense. Uh, I told Coach Bell, one of my old coaches, I told him when USC got into the shootout versus Colorado, I told him, I said, this team won't beat Oregon. Y'all not winning the Pac-12. And this was even before Washington, before I even figured that Washington was starting to look like they were legit. Because I, I thought Washington might lose a game or two, but I knew Michael Penix Jr. would be elite. And he's been elite. But I knew for a fact, I'm like, Oregon played defense a little bit this year. That's Dan Lanning coming over, Georgia's defensive coordinator. So he going to bring some physicality and some oomph over there. And it's working. And um, they play physical football. And again, they got Oregon for about 15. If Keller Williams don't play out of his mind, which he's capable of, this will be a blowout. Oregon is that good. Again, they just happen to lose to a Washington team that played inspired football because that's what their defense plays. That's it. A couple good stops, and that was that. But 730 on Fox, the nightcap, this should be a doozy. You don't want to miss it. You don't. You don't truly want to miss it. That's... And that's the games, man. Those are those are the those are the, the games that I think we should tune into, or y'all should tune into. Uh, you know, again, I be trying to show y'all some of the unranked teams that'll be good games. But y'all ain't all the way there yet. My college footballers who are, they know. For the ones who still get into it, I like to put y'all the ranked teams so that way y'all can really see some of the elite of the elite, whether they win or they lose, because that's what college football is. Uh, but again, man, happy Friday to everybody. Happy fuck work Friday to everybody. If you at work, you know. If you at work, listen to this, man. Don't work too hard today. Don't work too hard today. I, I try to tell y'all this Friday is our day. Football Friday This is our day. Because if you get hurt, they ain't going to look out for you like that. They ain't going to let you hold fire. So, hey, happy Friday, everybody. Again, thank you to everybody who tune in to the podcast on whatever platform you do. Uh, continue to show me love. Share it when you get a chance. Like it when you get a chance. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Instagram. Ask me some questions, any topics you want me to talk about. It's all good. All of my bios are bringing the wood. Except for Facebook, it's Dana Real Wood. But I'm about to switch that to bringing the wood Shlo- shortly. But the X is bringing the wood podcast. Uh, Instagram is bringing the wood podcast. So, yeah, help me run it up, man. Help me run it up. Uh, potentially you could have some new endeavors coming. Time of the new year. We, we get better and better. We get the visuals going. So it's it's getting better. I got some more ideas in my head. I think we're going to have some fun come 2024. Um, take another step in the right direction. But again, to everybody out there, enjoy your day. Stay safe out here. Again, tell somebody you might not see over the weekend that you love them. You know what I'm saying? Let them know. It's all love. Do something nice for somebody. It's holiday season. You know what I'm saying? Do something for somebody less fortunate. I am less fortunate. So if you want to do something for me, just hit me. Again, love, peace, and hair grease. Love, live, life in two pockets to bring the wood podcast. Your boy D Wood, and I just brought the wood. Peace.